Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. Good evening once again and welcome to Aging Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Scott Brigham in for Jason Kong today who is uh, well back home with uh, the family as they welcome another addition to the Kong family. So we extend our congratulations and uh, heartfelt support as Another member of the Kong family is now with us, and hopefully Jason will be back on the microphone soon as we get through another edition of Aging Matters here on WPTF, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. The show, of course, made possible each and every week through the support of Transitions Life Care and Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. This week, Nicole, we are fortunate enough to have Carla Payne. She is uh, in care management with the uh, group AgingCareMatters.com. You can find out more at Carla at AgingCareMatters.com. Elder care management and consulting serving Wake Forest and the surrounding areas. Nicole? To your points, uh, Jason really is going through some care management right now with a little baby Kong in the house. That's right. <laughs> That's very exciting times. I know last week we weren't sure if he was going to make it, and he had that baby, so that's a good thing. So welcome, Carla. We're super glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, too. So care management, I love, love, love that topic. It is truly one of the best-kept secrets, in my opinion, in long-term care. The idea that you can have sort of an air traffic controller assisting you with that journey of caregiving if you're a family caregiver caring for home. So talk to us a little bit about exactly what care management is. Absolutely. Um, It is something that a lot of folks do already. Mm -hmm. They're in the trenches. They're taking care of their family members. But it's just like a plumber. We can't all know how to change that that plumbing problem, that sink. Mm-hmm. So you hire a plumber. You don't know how to necessarily do all of your car mechanics, so you hire a mechanic. Mm-hmm. So a care manager, I love how you, you had that analogy of the air traffic control, that you're looking at the whole picture yes. and helping to navigate and direct and also connect those resources that match that family situation. Mm-hmm. I myself did not know about care management, and I was the long-distance daughter dealing with my family, my parents' issues while I lived in Pennsylvania, and they were here in North Carolina. Had no idea that there was such a thing. So I did what a lot of folks do. I looked for the free resources that are advertised and, in fact, um, set up a couple tours, flew down from Pennsylvania going with those tours and trying to help with my parents' situation, and it was not the fit Mm -hmm. because there was a referral kickback process. Right, right. Didn't know there was such a thing, and so that led me to go back to grad school and actually study gerontology to try to be the person I wish I would have had for my parents. And I found out there's care management, the National Association of Professional Geriatric Care Managers. That was the old Right, old and name. now you're aging life care managers. Now we're aging life yes. care. We rebranded, yes. so it's not just the um, geriatric as it is, any chronic issues of health. Right. And that I found my calling. That was it. I'm like, where have you been all my life? And it's still very 
uh, secret and on, on, folks don't know about it. Exactly. So. And I can tell you uh, in my work working with family caregivers mm-hmm. intensively, I mean, I've been working with families since 1997, but intensively over the last 10, 11 years, it truly is. It, it's like you're, you're literally dropped on the planet Mars. Mm-hmm. You don't know the language. You don't know the people. You're suddenly in this tangled web of resources mm-hmm. and you have to figure out how to navigate. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, uh, unfortunately, you know, we sort of only know a few little bits and pieces, nuts and bolts of what's mm-hmm. out there. Everybody seems to know what a hospital is and right. what a doctor's office is. And they have a pre- preconceived notion of what a nursing home is. But the right. reality of it is there are a lot of different programs and services out there and resources in the community people don't know about. And so they don't know what they don't know. So they don't exactly. know what questions to ask. Exactly. And oftentimes people are making inappropriate placements, mm-hmm. um, placements of a more restrictive level of care that perhaps their loved one doesn't need or sometimes just kind of looking at a, a, a facility based off of the lens of what they think is exactly. beautiful and lovely and not exactly. realizing three months down the road, mom will have to make another move because they won't be able to pay for her care anymore or, or they won't be able to provide the level of care. Um, I don't think you need me. I think you know exactly about care. <laughs> this is perfect. I mean, thank you. And absolutely. See, that's the thing is that you're advocating and helping spread the word. Right. And I personally want to thank you for that so much. There are about 20 of us that are in this region that are part of the Aging Life Care Association. So the association's all over the country. We have close to 2,000 members. And you can't just join. You have to have a background in the field and have worked in the field before you can join the Aging Life Care Association. Then to go on to the next step to be certified, you have to have uh, 1,000 hours of supervision and work in the field at least two to three years before you can sit for the exam to be a certified care manager. And I like that. I like that it's not just... You can join and you have that um, another another couple of initials by your name, but it is literally follow those ethical principles, show the work, do the work that's best for the client, and we also have to do continued education. We have to continue that year because things change. It's yes. constantly changing. Right. And so there are about 20 of us within the Triangle region, and then we have a chapter, the Southeast chapter, which makes up five states, and then we're part of, of course, the entire country of the association Anybody anywhere can find a certified care manager by going to the Aging Life Care Association and just click on find an expert, plug in your zip code, and you can find within the 25-mile radius. Mm -hmm. We need more. (laughs) We need more. Um, I'm the closest certified care manager here up to towards Virginia. So I've had a client in Roanoke Rapids, Rocky Mount, Wilson, even Greenville. Um, That's not my goal is to have that type of uh, distance between clients because I myself personally am on call 24-7. If a client has a crisis, I want them to be able to call me at 2 a.m., and I'll meet them at the emergency room. And that's important to, to note. And, and, and just mm-hmm. like when we're talking about other levels of care, for example, in-home care or right. assisted living – not everybody's created equally. So I do know for a fact that some care ma- managers have certain niches. Right. Some are more uh, oriented towards the medical complexities of an yes. individual. Some are interested in getting involved in the nuts and bolts of the bills. Some are more interested yes. in the psychosocial. Some will be that on-call person going to the ER and others won't. And so right. I think that's super important for folks to think about when they're t- thinking about the, the clinical needs of their loved one and what their and psychosocial. Interview, interview yes. care managers. Definitely. Most of us are in the same range um, for an hourly rate, and it is a private pay. Um, There are long-term care insurance policies that will reimburse. Uh, Specifically, um, I've worked with a couple that have gone up to a certain level per year that they'll reimburse for a care plan. And I like that because we're objective. We're not working for the long-term care uh, agents, the company. We're working for what's best for that client, and here's our recommendation, and they can follow it objectively. 
Um, so it is private pay, and it's it's very similar to a psychotherapist. So if you went to see a, a counselor for about $100 an hour, that's that's the norm in this region. But it can go up, like up in New York, it's closer to 250 300 an hour, which is... But we, what we need to consider with all this, though, and, you know, I've recently written an article on the financial toll of caregiving yes. for, for loved ones and some of the options that exist out there that people can tap into to help get some financial relief. However, not working with somebody who knows the business and knows the ropes, the cost of the mistake yes. is exponentially larger than the cost of utilizing yes. a service of such as yours, even if it's more of on a consultative. And, and I understand that aging life care managers are sometimes willing to just sort of swoop in, assess the situation, mm-hmm. and give recommendations. So it's not like this has to be an ongoing Absolutely. weekly situation. You can really temper what you're looking for. Absolutely. I had a client actually that I met with, and they were ready to put down $6,000 for the first month of a community stay to try to alleviate the 30-day elimination day period mm-hmm. for their long-term care policy. And, and instead, we worked on getting a home health care agency to come in. And with that, they were able to get that 30-day elimination day period for a fraction of what it would have cost to go in. And I remember when I first met my husband, his father was terminally ill. And he was literally about to place his dad into an assisted living community. And when he told me what the scenario was going on with his dad, I said sounds to me, I'm, I'm not a nurse, and I'm not, right. but it really sounds to me, based off of my experience, they'll be able to be there for a couple of weeks. And, and they were, you know, promising him the sun, the moon, and the stars. Mm-hmm. But based off of what I knew what his diagnosis was, that was not going to be a long-term solution. So mm-hmm. I gave him some solutions that ultimately saved not only money, but multiple moves for that individual exactly. facing end of life. The conversation you are listening to is between Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights and Carla Payne of AgingCareMatters.com. You can reach Carla at Carla at AgingCareMatters.com. Elder Care Management and Consulting, serving Wake Forest and the surrounding area. I'm Scott Brigham on this week's Aging Matters, filling in for uh, Jason Kong, who is uh, taking some time off as he welcomes a new member of the family to the world. Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680. WPTF, of course, the show made possible each and every week through the support of Transitions Life Care. I'm Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Well, coming up, we will have more of our conversation with Carla Payne talking about uh, care management. You can find out more at agingcarematters.com. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights. Here's your host, Jason Kong. We are back on this week's edition of Aging Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care. On News Radio 680 WPTF, Jason Kong has the weekend off. I'm Scott Brigham, and this show made possible each and every weekend through the support of Transitions Life Care. Nicole Cleggett, Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. So once again, to talk us through the issue of uh, care management with uh, Carla Payne of AgingCareMatters.com. Nicole? 
So, Carla, one of the things that I really find incredibly beneficial for family caregivers, which people may not be thinking about when listening to the show quite yet, is is the way that a geriatric care manager can kind of come in and help a difficult or tense family situation. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there are siblings, big surprise, that are at odds with each other about what the future of the long-term care needs for a loved yes. one may be, whether it's where they should move literally across the country or, mm-hmm. you know, what level of care they need or respecting that individual's right to make a bad decision. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's hard to see when you see that train coming down the tracks Mm -hmm. and you know it's going to be a bad outcome, but if mom or dad is cognitively totally with it, Mm -hmm. you kind of sometimes you can't do anything about it. And so sometimes we recommend aging life care managers to kind of come into the picture to really help that family as a third person objectively without all of the emotional ties and baggage. Exactly. Look at the situation and make a decision. Talk to us a little bit about how that works. So um, every family is dysfunctional. Yes, that is a fact. I have, not, I have not met one yet that there were not some levels of tension. Sure. And I have, and that's including my own. Of course. And, mine too. And when it comes to my mom in situations, I you know the emotions are there. A care manager, though, I cannot tell you the number of times that I've gone into a situation where the siblings were at such, such angst and tension, they wouldn't even sit down together. And it's not always the first meeting. Right. And so I've gone into situations where my goal is to really understand what's going on with their loved one that's the aging, the client. Right. And look at their wants and their desires, and then to bring those other family members to hear each other. So it is truly mediating. It is sitting down, and I've had... In the same room mm-hmm. situations, I've had folks on their cell phones. I've had multiple folks calling in and and just really playing referee in that every one of their feelings and emotions are valid. They have their own family history, their own family life experience. And those big brothers, yes, I'm talking to you, Mark and Eric, uh-huh. uh, those big brothers, <laughs> even though when we're 12, you know, in that relationship with your older brother, mm-hmm. I'm 53. I still have that relationship with my older brothers that I become that little sister. Yes, yes, yep. No matter what. And so really recognizing that and helping to, to, to walk into that situation and validate and listen and help folks to communicate. It's, it's been remarkable. Um, and not all stay happy and forever after, but it is right. a matter of that this is a very difficult decision and that they that they hear each other. I recently heard a talk. It was about a seagull caregiving, and it was oh. the situation where you have the family caregiver who's really in the trenches all yes. day long, day in and day out with the loved one, and they're exhausted. Mm-hmm. They are literally just a, a you know huddled mess mm-hmm. on on the ground. They're just they, they, it's just been going on longer than they thought. And then you have this full of energy. Yes. And sorry, I know you were the long distance caregiver. Maybe no, <laughs> hopefully this wasn't I was, you. I was the I was the long distance, and my brothers were just they were the seagull. And and so what would happen was, you know, the long distance caregiver sometimes comes in or the the family member who is only visits a few times a year. And then they're sitting there pooping on that family caregiver who's been in the trenches. And they'll say, mom seems great. Mom seems great. Or you you should be doing this or you should be doing that. Mom's excited that that the the child is visiting. So there's a higher level of energy and attention. Mom seems great. She's doing fine. Be here day in and day out. Right. Day in and day out. So I suspect that there's probably a role that you play in helping everybody understand some of the things yes. that go on psychologically with loved yes. ones when other loved ones come in. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you often see this at the doctor's office, too. You know, the, the aging loved one who has the physical conditions, they really muster up all that they've got oh. to look good for that doctor's appointment, to yes. put on their makeup, to get their hair done, to get in their, in that waiting room. And they go to see that doctor, and, and then they just fall completely apart by the time they get home. 
home. Exactly. So, exactly. It's, so we're and sometimes care managers do go with clients to doctor's appointments. So that's something that we'll either do if the family feels that that's a, a benefit, or we'll help arrange a different organization to take them and meet them there. But it is so important to have someone there taking notes and also bringing that record of facts. You know how because they say how are you doing, and the loved one usually just says I'm good. Well, and when my husband's father was was very, very terminally ill, um, he was in a position where this had been going on, going on for several, several months, and he was in a relatively new job. And so it was one of those situations where he couldn't really even take FMLA per se because right. he didn't wasn't really there long enough. So right. he was flying up and driving up to Maryland as much as he could. And at some point I said to him, you know, I really think – It'll make you feel better when you're not there mm-hmm. if we could get a, a geriatric care, what it was mm-hmm. called geriatric care management right. at the same time, mm-hmm. um, in, involved, and then they can really be there as the eyes and ears, yes. popping in every couple, two, three days, sending you emails, letting mm-hmm. you know how things are going mm-hmm. on. So that's another example how if your loved one is really determined, fixed and determined to stay in the community that they are in exactly. because all of their friends are there right. and they're, whoever it is, the, the social groups. So you can't convince them to move closer to you, and it's really not logistically possible for you right. to be going back and forth, having that additional that eyes and ears. sister, in yes. a way. Yes, yes, for sure. So, what are so. some other scenarios of how okay. geriatric care managers can help? I want to tell you my first story, my okay. very first client. Um, so I've, about 10 years ago, I started in Pennsylvania, and my very first client, um, the father was in the hospital because he had fallen out of bed in the uh, assisted living community and broken his nose. He had advanced directives that he did not want anything to be done. He also had advanced terminal um, health issues. It wasn't just cancer. There were some other things going on. So this was his life path. While in the hospital, they put a feeding tube through his nose, and they were doing constant poking and prodding, physical therapy, and the man was barely hanging on by a thread. And I was brought into the the situation. And so I had to advocate with the doctor to stop Mm -hmm their procedure so that he could go back to the community and be with his wife. His wife could not come. I, I, I can't remember the specifics as to why she couldn't be there in the hospital. I think with her dementia and different things, it just wasn't working. Only child. And Matt and I stood there with the doctor saying quality of life, quality of life, not the quantity. Doing this and dragging it out, mm-hmm. he's not with his wife and his family. And I will be honest, my knees were shaking as yeah. I'm confronting a doctor. Sure. Um, he was discharged, went back to his community, and had all of his family and loved ones with him for about another two weeks of, of quality time together before he passed. And it was advocating his wishes. Right. Not what we presume. And and in a similar fashion with my grandfather, I was caregiving for him in my home for several months before he passed, ended up passing away. But what ended up happening was he ended up with a pneumonia. And I brought him to the doctor multiple times and they're, oh, he doesn't have pneumonia. Well, I knew he did. So finally, the last time I went, they gave him medicine. It was frankly too late. He ended up with delirium. So a lot of confusion. He woke up the next morning chewing on his hearing aid in my house and he was totally cognitively intact. And I thought, ooh, this is not good. So sent him out to the ER to get evaluated. Mm-hmm. But I slapped on his chest before I let, before they took him, his do not yeah. resuscitate order, mm-hmm. all of his advanced directives, all of his mm-hmm. medications. I ran upstairs and nursed the mm-hmm. baby real quick. I had a six-month-old at the time. By the time I got to the ER, he was fully intubated. They did everything that he didn't want. Um, and then to get that undone was right. this huge right. issue. And you done everything right. I did. And, and to get it undone, though, the only way they would do it was if I could get him, who, by the way, was completely deaf without his hearing aids, 
to say if they remove the tubes, are they, is he okay with dying basically? Mm -hmm. And I remember he shrugged his shoulders when I asked Mm -hmm. him the question and I thought it has to be a yes or no grandpa. Mm -hmm. So a similar knee shaking Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. My father and mother were traveling across the Mm -hmm. country to make it back Mm -hmm. to help with the situation, but they were in Nevada driving Mm -hmm. across the country. Mm -hmm. And finally he shook his head no. And then they removed the tubes and he ended up passing away Mm -hmm. about a week and a half later. But Mm -hmm. yes, so definitely, you know, People need to be in positions to advocate for loved ones, even if they are cognitively intact. And had I worked with you at that time, and I, I, you could have called, mm-hmm. you right. would have been able to nurse, and then right. I would have gone right there with you, yep. and I would have forced and pushed and pushed for the DNR that's right there. Right. You did everything you could. Right. They ignored it. <laughs> it happens. It, it does. It happens. It does. The voice you're hearing alongside Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights is Carla Payne. She is with AgingCareMatters.com. You can reach her at Carla at AgingCareMatters.com, Elder Care Management and Consulting, uh, serving Wake Forest and the surrounding area, Aging Care Matters. Well, coming up in just a moment, we will have more on Aging Matters on this Saturday evening, care and comfort that surrounds you. A service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Scott Brigham and in for Jason Kong. The show made possible each and every week through the support of Transitions Life Care. More Aging Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF coming up. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your hosts, Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. Good evening once again. I'm Scott Brigham in for Jason Kong on this week's edition of Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care. On News Radio 680 WPTF, the show made possible each and every week through the support of Transitions Life Care. Joining Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights is Lisa Levine of the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. For more, log on to DementiaNC.org. Nicole? Well, I always uh, enjoy having uh, Lisa Levine with us. She's one of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. And so um, always great to have you back on the show, Lisa. Thanks, Nicole. I'm excited to be here. And we're talking about something a little different. We are talking about something a little different. And we had the honor and privilege to actually interview uh, Tipa Snow here on on the show a few months back. But you have a really exciting conference coming up a little bit west of here, but it's definitely worth the miles on on your car called Let's Get Practical, a positive approach to real life dementia care we do we're so excited um tipa's a north carolina native and she actually got her start with um the company we were way back when and she actually had my position once upon a time big shoes to fill (laughs) so um um i was one of those people that followed her around and and gained every little bit of knowledge not a stalker though could not a stalker (laughs) a groupie maybe a groupie Groupie. there you go that's a better way to say um and now tipa has her own company and um she it's called positive approach to care and that's what she's going to be talking about on February 28th. Uh, the conference is in Burlington, so yes, it's a, a, little, a little bit further away. But that way, everybody across the entire state can come and join us and get some wonderful education. Awesome. So talk to us a little bit about that. You know, I know she is truly known as one of the national leaders in how to approach people with uh, cognitive impairment. So what are we expecting to find out at the conference this year? So TIPA's... Um, 
background is occupational therapy. Love occupational therapy. Me too. And wonderful. Workers. And she has developed an entire training program based on the gyms states or levels of dementia. And her goal is really to help people understand what it's like to live with dementia. And she really focuses on the abilities that people still have. You know, when someone has dementia, it's really easy to say, oh, they can't do this anymore and Mm -hmm. they can't do that anymore. We have to help here. But with TIPA, she really focuses on what can they still do. So we're happy. We're going to actually have her from 9 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. Wow. Everybody that comes that gets is, to spend all that time with her. That, that is a true gift because, I mean, when I spoke with her on the phone prior to the interview, literally in that one week, she was going to be in like six different states across the country. Yeah, she actually travels internationally now. Wow. And you have to book her schedule two years out. Wow. And because of the history that we have and because she's such a true friend of Dementia Alliance, She's going to donate her time for us so that we can truly meet the needs of family caregivers all across North Carolina. I really appreciate even the way that she looks at the stages as gems, right? Mm-hmm. Because there is a blessing to find in every single stage of dementia. I know it's incredibly painful and sad for the individual and the family. However, there are a little bright, sparkly moments in each of the stages. Right. Even Tipa's um, last stage, if you will, is the pearl Mm-hmm. stage and you know when we when we find a pearl it's in this oyster that's not very pretty yeah we have to work hard to get it out um, but then we get this tiny little jewel out yeah. of it and and so we know that even someone in the later stage of of dementia they still have that that specialness to them that that love that's inside of them and she Definitely. really helps us see that you know one of the things that I, I often try to remember and help others remember even when they're in the throes of caregiving is just trying to find pieces of gratitude throughout that journey and I recently posted in a, in a group that I, ha- I have with family caregivers uh, and I asked people to say tell me something you love about the person you're caring for and I mean the responses in the minutes were just so simply beautiful and people really appreciate it instead of always talking about the hard parts about it mm-hmm. what are some of the things that make what they're doing with their loved one beautiful and I think Tipa does a really great job of helping family caregivers kind of come around and find some of that bless in the mess I agree totally um, she has always uh, focused on the what we can do instead of what we can't do mm-hmm. like I said and she really has a different perspective than a lot of trainings you hear and Um, I think everybody should hear her speak at least once. Yes. She is unlike any other presenter I've ever heard. She's very energetic. She's very interactive. She brings things to life. She's also quite the actress in a lot of ways. (laughs) She does. She transforms herself. (laughs) She really does. So she, she comes across as someone who has a dementia at different stages. And it's so that we can truly understand what's going on with them so that we can embrace those positives and find that love and that joy and help them through the journey. And it's quite easy as a family caregiver. I remember when I worked in a skilled nursing facility many, mm-hmm. many years ago, very beginning of my career, and we were super excited because we were putting special programming in place. And one of the things was really instead of doing everything for the resident, it seems so novel, right? Let's not do everything for the resident. But back 20 years ago, that was rather That's novel, um, letting them do some of the things for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that might mean that dad may be walking around with a shirt that's slightly buttoned to skew. Exactly. And some of the responses that we got from families were were not the best because they felt like, how could you let dad walk around like that? And then that was sort of pushing that education component of, but if we button the buttons for dad today, 
dad won't remember how to button buttons tomorrow. And exactly. so let's celebrate the success that he can still button that one button. And it, simple little example, mm-hmm. but I think Tipa does a really great job of breaking things down. So I am I'm so, so excited about this conference coming to town. Talk to us about when it is, where it is, how much it is. So it's Friday, February 28th, last Friday in February, and it is in Burlington. The location is actually called the Alliance Convention Center. It's on Turrentine Street and pretty easy to find huge space. We currently have about 325 people, but we have space for 500. So there's still lots of time, lots of room for people to register. They can go to our website, which is DementiaNC.org. Look at the events and find the TIPA 2020. Um, So we have registration from 8 to 9. TIPA will speak from uh, 9 to 2, but we will serve everybody a delicious buffet lunch during that (laughs) time. And then she has graciously also offered a second session for people that lead support groups for people living with dementia. Great. So from 2.30 to 4.30, she's going to specifically meet with those support group leaders and give them some extra information, extra attention to help them really help the families even more. Um, so we have a very, very full day. Uh, it's 500. I'm sorry. It's $50. We want to keep it affordable. Um, it's $50 for caregivers and then $100 for professionals. And with the professionals, they can get continuing education credit. That's that awesome. As well. There's a little bit of an additional charge for the support group leader session, um, but um, because that's a, a specialty thing right. just for people leading right. those sessions. Honing in your skills. But yeah. Most of the time when TIPA comes, you get to hear her for an hour or two, and it's, um, it's rather expensive because, you know, she's got a lot to do. So uh, we're keeping it low cost. Awesome. So could you give us the dates and times again? Sure. It's Friday, February 28th. And it begins at 9 o'clock, and it's at the Alliance Convention Center in Burlington. And if folks want to register, how do they go about doing that? They go to DementiaNC.org and go to the events page and look up the information for Tipa Snow. And we do thank Lisa Levine with the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina for joining us on this week's edition of Aging Matters here on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more on the great work they're doing, you can log on to DementiaNC.org, DementiaNC.org. I'm Scott Brigham filling in for Jason Kong this week on Aging Matters. Jason, again, off attending to a fatherly issues as he has welcomed a, another child into this world. So we congratulate uh, Jason Kong and hope to have him back on the mic soon. Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Once again, I'm Scott Brigham in for Jason Kong. The show is made possible each and every week through the fantastic support of Transitions Life Care. Nicole Cleggett with Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Once again, we've been speaking with Lisa Levine with the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. You can find out more about all the work they're doing at the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. Just simply go to your computer and log on to DementiaNC.org. That's DementiaNC.org. Don't forget to join us each and every Saturday evening here on WPTF for the latest when it comes to uh, taking care and uh, supporting those in our lives on Aging Matters. I'm Scott Brigham, in for Jason Kong on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. Good evening once again. I'm Scott Brigham you're listening to this week's edition of Aging Matters. I'm in for Jason Kong, who is off on family leave, if you will, welcoming another member to the family. So we do congratulate Jason on that. Of course, this is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This show is made possible through the support of Transitions Life Care, Nicole Cleggett, Transitions Life Care, and Transitions Guiding Lights with us once again. We are continuing our conversation, Nicole, with Lisa Levine. She is with the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. And for more information on what they are doing, you can log on to DementiaNC.org. That's DementiaNC.org. Nicole? All right, Lisa. So I know that the Dementia Alliance uh, not only puts on some amazing educational events, of which we partner together with certain things at, at times, three of them every year for sure. Uh, I know you do a lot of other things. And one of the things that you do that I think is really very special is really provide some individualized counseling for family members who have loved ones with a dementia. Talk to us a little bit about that. We do. We really try and help people navigate this whole journey, if you will. Um, we get phone calls from, I think there might be a problem. Right. To what doctor do I see? Mm-hmm. To we've got a diagnosis of dementia now, what we do, all the way through end of life issues and even beyond that. And so we've got some great folks in our office, especially our social worker, Dee Dee Harris, who's been with us for 20 years. Wow. And you've been 10. And I've been 10. (laughs) And so um, we as a team really try and provide individualized comfort and assistance by providing resources so that care consultation might be somebody coming in and, you know, there's over um, 100 home health agencies just in Wake County yes. alone. So how do you choose? Right. So we um, narrow that down for you. We talk to you about what your specific family needs are, and then we can make some guided suggestions for you so that you can make better choices. Um, I know you've had people on like um, care managers, for like example, Carla, and today. so we can have, uh, we can help talk you through some of the needs that your family has and then maybe match you with that appropriate care manager as well. Um, and we also help with things like um, the guilt that people feel like, you know, I'm not doing enough. I, I can't fix it. I can't make it better. I will say uh, Dee Dee is one of the people in this world who give the best hugs. So if she you're is. if you're a family caregiver <laughs> and you're just feeling like you need just someone to hug you, <laughs> meet up with Dee Dee and she 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 could be a professional hugger. She could. She, she could. She'd probably sure. enjoy that too. She probably would for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of times when people think about dementia, people automatically just think about Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. Dementia Alliance, you really support folks with the, the many different types of dementia that are out there, correct? Right. There are so many different types of dementia and people are often confused what's Alzheimer's and what's dementia. So if you have Alzheimer's, you have dementia. But if you have dementia, you might have Alzheimer's disease. You might have Lewy body dementia. You could have something that's a little more rare, like frontotemporal dementia. Um, There's so many different kinds out there. And our services are for anyone and everyone that's going through any of those types of dementia. Um, so um, there's a lot of focus on Alzheimer's disease because it's the predominant one. The most one. common it's type. the most common. It's the one people know. 
but um, those folks with Lewy body dementia, for example, um, and their families, they need just as much as support, even though it's maybe a little lesser known type or of Or the younger onset dementia as well. Younger onset, Alzheimer's, also that frontotemporal dementia, again, tends to happen to people that are younger. Mm-hmm. Also, it doesn't typically begin with behaviors like you would think of a normal dementia would, even though it's still a dementia. So um, it may involve speech issues or behavioral problems. So when you're you have a family member who's 50 or 55 years old and has speech problems you don't normally think about, hmm, this might be dementia. So th- there's a big puzzle out there. Right. There's a lot of unknowns, and we try and help people navigate all of those. So I know that, so aside from providing that individual family support and that wonderful conference that's going to be a little bit further out west in just a few weeks, you do also offer a number of other educational opportunities throughout the state. We do. We have actually a lot of those. We do um, talks for community groups, for faith organizations. Uh, it might be 30 minutes. It might be four hours. We do a lot of workshops. And um, you know, part of our name is Alliance. Right. And we really value the partnerships that we have with other people. So we work with partners across the state to bring education. Uh, we, we work with people in rural areas, and we really try and bring experts to those folks that maybe wouldn't necessarily... Have someone to talk so providing to access, frankly. Yes, definitely, definitely. And the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina, you are a nonprofit organization. And I think we a are. lot of times there's a lot of confusion out there when people hear, and we provide this and it's a free service. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we do is a free service right. um, or a greatly discounted service. I think people just make the assumption that we all are government-funded or state-funded. And the reality of it is is that you have a whole team of people on your staff that are literally fighting to raise every single dollar to keep all all these wonderful programs in place. So true, and and you knew that being um, being associated with um, some a couple of other <laughs> yes. nonprofits, yes. yes. But definitely, uh, we are not government funded. We are uh, funded through private donations, um, a few grants. Um, we do receive some money for some specific things like respite assistance, um, but we also um, just get those funds from people maybe that we've helped in the past people that know that they may need the services someday in the future. Almost everything that we do is free, and if it's not free, it's very low cost. Um, we also do some professional trainings for care communities. Support group facilitator care. trainings. We do support group facilitator trainings. There are some low costs involved with those. But again, that's so that we can continue to help families across the state of North Carolina at no charge. And so uh, you also rely on an army of volunteers, just like a lot of area nonprofits do. Are you currently seeking more volunteers if folks that are listening want to get more involved? We're always looking for new volunteers, definitely. Um, We talked about this conference coming up in Burlington, and um, we're actually looking for volunteers to help us in the morning to park cars. Oh, and I backed out on you. So so that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) But we always need volunteers. And again, people can go to our website and look at volunteer opportunities. It's DementiaNC.org. And we can also, um, you can give us a call, and we can talk to you about what your interests are and try and match you with those. So the best number to reach you at is? It's 919-832-3732. Well, I just want to personally thank you, Lisa, for your continued partnership with Transitions Life Care, Transitions 
Women's Guiding Lights and all of the amazing touches that you make in the community personally and professionally. I think the work that your organization and so many do goes so unrecognized and it makes a huge impact to family caregivers in need. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for what you do for the community. Well, thank you. And thank you for being our partner so we can do it together. We appreciate it. All right, ladies, thank you very much. You've been listening to Nicole Cleggett and Lisa Levine. Lisa Levine with the Mencia Alliance of North Carolina. You can find out more about uh, what they're doing, DementiaNC.org. That's DementiaNC.org. I'm Scott Brigham. Once again, this is Aging Matters. I'm in for Jason Kong, who is out this week, the Kong family, welcoming a, a new addition to the family. And that's why Jason is uh, off the mic this weekend. And we definitely congratulate him on the recent addition uh, to his family. This is Aging Matters on WPTF Care and Comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Once again, I'm Scott Brigham in for Jason Kong. You've been listening to Elisa Levine of Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. For more, DementiaNC.org. That's DementiaNC.org. This show is made possible each and every week through the support of Transitions Life Care. Nicole Cleggett with Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. And also, for more information on this program and others, simply log on to transitionslifecare.org. That's transitionslifecare.org. Well, don't forget to tune in next week for another edition of Aging Matters on News Radio 680, WPTF, care and comfort that surround you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680, WPTF. And once again, this show made possible each and every week through the support of Transitions Life Care. We thank host Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Once again, I'm Scott Brigham in for Jason Kong on News Radio 680 WPTF. Don't forget to tune in next Saturday night for another edition of Aging Matters here on News Radio 680 WPTF. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.